Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. For the Toddcast tonight, I would like to talk to you about increasing by decreasing. I'm going to say that again, increasing by decreasing. Maybe you're familiar with this concept from the Bible. Children are what I'm going to call tonight dependently independent. Think about that term for a minute. Dependently independent. What I mean by that is they flourish in life when they realize they need their parents' help. And then they can even beg for that help to help themselves get what they need. I'm going to go as far as to say that kids can accomplish nearly anything when they discover their limitations and discover their parents' ability to help them overcome those limitations if, of course, their parents are willing to help them. I have seen Thurmond, my little Thurmond, he's two years old. I've seen him beg for grapes and then have them perfectly sliced and prepared for him in under 30 seconds. How did he do that? I've seen Marcus, my four-year-old, beg to be Spider-Man. And in three minutes flat, he looks just like Spider-Man. And yesterday, the kids wanted a pool. And in 45 minutes later, a pool arrived on the deck full of water. With water guns lined next to it. How did the kids do that? They're amazing. They have to be incredible. How did kids do that? Well, let me share a little story with you. When I was little, we went to this church program that maybe you've heard of called Awana. Who has ever heard of Awana or been a part of Awana? Yes. Anyone know what Awana means? It stood for something. No one knows. Okay. It stood for something. I think it stood for a annoying, whining adolescents who were not ashamed. I think. I, you have to fact check it. But we had this thing called Awana, and once a year they had this event called the Awana Grand Prix. Maybe you guys remember this. The kids were supposed to design a make a toy car that would eventually race the other kids' cars down a wooden track that the Awana team designed. We were given a few weeks to make this car, design this toy car, and then we were supposed to bring those cars back to the Awana Grand Prix and race them against each other. And it was a fun concept. There was only one minor issue with this concept. Most kids like me had no clue how, or how to design or make a toy car. In fact, I struggled even drawing a car, and I still do. I still can't draw a car to this day. But I'm pretty sure the Awana people knew this little detail because it was expected that we were to get our parents' help in this process. Long story short, the Awana Grand Prix came and went, and I won a trophy. Great. Not for speed, because my car was slow. Thanks, Dad. But I won second place for design because my car was apparently the second coolest of all the other cars, despite it being very slow. And I won a trophy. I did. I actually won a trophy for this. Second place for design. And I was so happy to have won a trophy that I put it in my room and in my bookshelf for many years to come. I was a very proud eight-year-old boy. I expected that one day I'd be invited to the White House to show off my second place for design trophy from the Iwana Grand Prix. I expected one day ESPN was going to contact me for an interview. I expected that when I went to college, I would simply flash my second place trophy for design and the girls would bust down my door for a date. Uh, weirdly, none of that happened. But I was so proud that I won a trophy when others did not. Not everybody won a trophy. It's not like today where everyone gets one. I won a trophy and some kids did not. The craziest part of the story is that I had nearly nothing to do with the design or the making of my toy car. My dad, along with, if you remember the story, Mom, Uncle Al 
did nearly 100% of the vision and creation of this toy car. I simply sat by them and ate chips <laughs> while they made my car. Now, perhaps I added a touch of paint at the end just to feel like I was included, but besides that, I did nothing. But when it was time for the Iwana Grand Prix to come, I showed up and put my car on the track, and the judges decided to give me a trophy for design because my car was rather slow. But then I took that trophy, I put it in my bedroom on display for my glory. If you're wondering if I still have this trophy, the answer is no. You'll have to call the Smithsonian to see it. <laughs> What's the point of my story? Well, the point is this. I was a kid that knew nothing about designing and making a toy car, and even today I still don't know how to make a toy car. I'm guessing you need wood and something to shape it with. Um, but it didn't matter because I knew a couple guys who did know how to design and make a toy car. I was smart enough to know how dumb I actually was, and realizing that fact made me kind of smart. Well, in the Christian life, we're called to do something hard, you know, something way beyond our ability. We have to accomplish the will of God, and I'm guessing you talked about that a little bit tonight. We're called to live and act like Jesus in a broken world that desperately needs to see God. And the question is, is how are we going to accomplish that? Well, it's really quite simple. We need to increase by decreasing. I'm going to say that again. We need to increase by decreasing. It was John the Baptist who came up with this strategy. He said in John chapter 3, he said this in verse 27, John the Baptist answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, his, this joy of mine is now complete. And in verse 30, he said, He must increase, but I must decrease. John the Baptist did not know everything by this point in his life, but one thing was clear to John the Baptist. He was not the Christ. And therefore, he needed the Christ. He needed Jesus. John the Baptist wanted to serve his God, so he came up with this very simple but profound conclusion. He must increase, and I must decrease. Now, that sounds a little self-defeating, right? I know it does. It's kind of like the opposite of a self-help guru who gets up there and tells you how bad you are and how ineffective you are. But John the Baptist was actually a genius. He knew that by decreasing, Jesus would have to increase in his life in order to accomplish the will of God. And therefore, John the Baptist would get wiser, stronger, and godlier. And if John the Baptist wanted to accomplish the will of God on his own strength, he was going to accomplish very little for God. But if he became less and Jesus became more in his life, then there were no limitations to what John the Baptist could do. I want to use the illustration of my Awana Grand Prix toy car. Imagine if my dad was the greatest engineer of all time and my uncle was Dale Earnhardt. Do you think I'd be in good hands to get a fast, good-looking toy car for the Awana Grand Prix? Maybe one that won both trophies for design and speed? The girls definitely would have been flocking to me then. Just kidding, Janine. The point of this lesson is quite simple. If we want to do much for God, we need to get out of the way and let Jesus work through us. Now, my illustration with my car falls flat to some degree because unlike watching me and my, unlike me watching my dad and my uncle build my toy car while I sat by and ate chips, God does not do the work for us. No, he enables us to do it. So we could build the car ourselves. 
And then he expects us to follow through with the building of it. Only the car that he asks us to build is not a car. It's not a toy. It's the kingdom of God. But obviously without God's strength, wisdom, and perseverance, we cannot win any trophies or crowns in heaven for being able to build the kingdom of God. And I hope you believe that. We're not capable on our own to do that. And the sooner we realize this is the sooner we can actually get to the right work the right way. The one question remains if we believe the strategy from John the Baptist. If we need to increase, or if we need to decrease so that we can increase in Jesus being that increase, how can we do such a thing? I'm going to give us three strategies, okay? Number one strategy to decreasing so Jesus can increase in our lives is number one, get out of the way. <laughs> when I'm bringing groceries into my house or something heavy, Travis, the other day, we were carrying in a big, heavy air conditioning unit that I asked Travis to help with, and my kids like to see what's going on. So they come and see what Daddy and Travis are doing. The problem is, is we're carrying a couple hundred pound air conditioning unit into the house, and I needed my 15 kids to scatter. Get out of the way, kids. Why are there so many of you? You know, I just thought of it right now. Why are there? There's a lot of them. See, the Lord wants to bring his will into our lives, but we need to get our agenda out of his way first. His will does not fit into our lives when we're already bogged down with the pursuits of this world. Number one, we need to get out of the way. We need to get out of Jesus' way. Number two is we need to get before him and even beg for his help. Just like when parents with their children, Jesus needs to hear from us how desperate we are for his help. Did you know this is a prayer I pray a lot as a pastor? I do. I actually pray this prayer a lot. I don't have it, Lord. Please give me what I need. I often pray that prayer. I'm not responding to that. Number three, hopefully there's some editing. Number three strategy to decreasing so Jesus can increase is we need a desire to have God's will above everything in our lives. Now, if we have a little desire to accomplish God's will, I think we'll accomplish a little. I think we should expect that. Only when accomplishing God's will becomes our one chief ambition in this life will the Lord help us accomplish that. And until then, we're, I think we're chasing the meaningless. Increasing by decreasing seems to be a bizarre piece of advice for 21st century Americans. But Jesus once called John the Baptist the best man ever born. Did you know that? Jesus called John the Baptist the best man ever born. Listen to what he said in Luke 7, 28. I tell you, among those born of women, there is none greater than John. And he meant John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. If we decrease and let Jesus increase in our lives, one day we can receive the trophy of all trophies in heaven, the one that is reserved for those who live their lives like Jesus did, the ones who accomplish the will of God. If you remember the verse from this past Sunday, 1 John 2.17 says this, the world and its desires pass away, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. May we strive to accomplish God's will by the strength that Jesus provides us, and we, may we abide forever with the crowns and trophies that he will give us. Let us increase by decreasing. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.